to Women Empowering Wednesday. I'm your host, Teresa Scudder, founder of Kingdom Women Enterprise, and I have some special ladies with me. They're going to introduce themselves because they can do that. So we're going to start with the COO of KWE. Hello, everyone. I'm Nyaja. I am the Chief Operational Officer of Kingdom Woman Enterprise. Good afternoon. All right. Hello, everyone. I'm Lisa Scudder. And don't even ask me what is my position because I think I'm. I'm, <laughs> I'm all woman. No, the directors of committee. <laughs> you said she's every woman, it's all in her. <laughs> It's all in her. <laughs> she is uh, president of director of committees. That's who she I'm, is. I'm just here. I'm here. She's just here. To share and to receive and all the good stuff. All the good things in between. <laughs> yeah. And then we have our elite, our KWE elite member here. <laughs> yes, my name is Deborah Radford and I'm just a sister and a, and a daughter and 
a friend and all that stuff. I'm just glad to be here to hang out. Um, Mr. Barr has been with us when we was nothing. Oh, and you now, always something now. Wait a minute. We was always something. We was always something. True that, true that, true that. But she has, she was our first gold member and always remained a gold member. She's been with us the whole time that KWE has been kicking and going. She has been a couple of Latino conversations with us. She's she been hanging in there. We just gonna make her an honorary board member. That's what we just gonna do. She, she, she earned them stripes. <laughs> loyal, a loyal, loyal representative of Kingdom Women Enterprise. Yeah, she, she earned every, she earned them stripes. Her and Tamika. Tamika is another. That's exactly what I was telling her today. I said, you earned them stripes purple. <laughs> from the bottom now. <laughs> Yeah. Amen. Still climbing. Still climbing. Right. Right. <laughs> Our topic today is the wilderness place. Who want to start? Because I'm not starting. Who want to start? Oh, I can start. <laughs> <laughs> get some on your chest. Huh? <laughs> she got to get something off her chest. We're going to let her get it off her chest. And then we probably just going to pay for her. And that's probably going to be the end of this <laughs> Oh, I'm going to be the end of everything when I she gets finished. I think that, you know, I was listening to, um, I don't even know who it was. I don't listen to two of them that was talking about it. But um, Michael Todd and Juanita Bynum, they both was talking about wilderness place. And one thing I can say, wilderness place for the body of Christ or for anyone is really a place and a time that God takes us through that I really didn't think that we need to go through, but we do need to go through because it's a time I've learned where God is bringing pressure and tests and trial to, to mold us because, you know, the word of God said, you know, the olive go through a pressing to get the oil out. So, uh, they was doing the teaching about that. And they were saying, when you go through your wilderness, it's during that time that God is bringing pressure because he's He's getting the all out that he needs to use you for what he's going to bring you. But, you know, it's not a good, you know, it's a place where sometimes you don't really like to be because it seems like it's a place where you don't hear God or you don't feel God or sometimes it feel like he ain't around or he ain't hearing you. He ain't listening, but he really is. It's just that you're in, you're in a wilderness where sometimes it's hard for you to hear him because of what you're dealing with or going through. So I found out that uh, being in the wilderness, even when I don't like it, sometimes it's, the, it's, it's a place where you really know who God is for yourself because you have sometimes the most, uh, I'm gonna just say the greatest experience of his presence, if you really just sit and, and yield to what, what you're dealing with and what you're going through, because I have had moments of my wilderness where that was my best moment with God, because he, he brought me into a present and I found another aspect of who he, who he is, you know, 
the provider, the protector, you know, he your counselor, you know, you're covering, you're protecting, you're hedging. I've 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 found him out for who he is in these times of wilderness. So even right now, and I'm in the wilderness. I'm in the wilderness. I didn't think I was in one, but I am in one. And I've come to find myself sometime, you know, wrestling with it. And that's what made me uh, realize that uh, it's, it's a season that I need to be in right now because all the prophecies that have been spoken over my life, all of them haven't come to pass. And I know wherever God wants me and where he's trying to bring me, I need this time that I'm in to get more closer to him, to just allow him to squeeze out the things that are not pure, you know, because there's things that we still have in our life that he wants to get rid of. Right. There's things that are still, you know, it's the flesh, you know, and that's the biggest part that he's trying to kill in our life. He's trying to get the flesh so, so cut off or should I say killed to the point where, you know, you're perfectly spiritually just walking in him. So it's just a time of cutting off the flesh and fleshy things and carnal things and I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning that, you know, and, and like I said, this is not my first wilderness, but it seemed like every, every level or every um, new dimension or level that God want to bring you in, you do have to go through a time of wilderness. And I found stuff in another wilderness. And like I said, you know, sometimes I'd be saying, Lord, can you just, you know, hurry up this one because I don't like it. <laughs> I hear you. Good afternoon. <laughs> I, you know, one thing I find to be an encouragement in wilderness places is that after the wilderness, there's the promise. Oh, yes. And, you know, if you really think about the word of God, there is no man or woman of God that God really used and had such a great victory and testimony at the end who did not go through some type of wilderness process. And um, I remember, I remember a um, sermon from Dr. Mark Hamby, and I believe it was called, um, the, I think it was called the process of um of breaking bread and so he was saying that in the process of breaking breaking bread if you um think about it jesus said all right now back to what you were saying i'm sorry all right so like what i was saying there's no man or woman of god <laughs> you know who God um, gave an awesome victory or testimony at the end who did not go through a wilderness process. And I remember listening to um, a sermon from Dr. Mark Hamby, and I think it was called The Breaking of Bread. And um, he was talking about how when, um, when um, Jesus fed, you know, the thousands, um, 
that he took the bread, he blessed the bread, he broke the bread, and then he gave it. And that we will always go, we will always be going through a cycle of this process. So sometimes we can know where we are in the process based off of um, the situation that we're going through. So for us, wilderness would be like the taking us away from um, the people that we're among, you know, um, taking us, separating us, consecrating us, you know, getting us away from people we were around. And then we go through a, a blessing, you know, high moments in our lives. And then breaking us <laughs> another like wilderness moment where we're we're broken we feel like lost like god where are mm -hmm. you but it's because he's preparing us to be given to the people who need what's in us and so he was explaining how you know um there's no giving you out until there's a breaking and sometimes our wilderness is like that because I know like even coming out here, <laughs> coming and moving to Phoenix, moving to a desert was like a, literally a physical symbolic symbolism of where I was, what was happening to me spiritually. God moved me into a wilderness, into the desert, a dry place, <laughs> dry place. And let me tell you guys, I was like the children in Israel wandering in this desert place. And I was not, I wasn't, I wasn't going through that wilderness gracefully. I was murmuring and complaining. <laughs> I was murmuring and complaining. Okay. Because I was not happy here. I did not want to be here. I, I mean, I came here crying. I, that's how bad I did not want to be here, but I knew I had to come here. And God told me I was coming here and that I wasn't going back. So <laughs> that even made me even more upset because I'm like, oh, now I know I can't go back. I wasn't happy. You know, spiritually, it just felt so, so dry in this, you know, because, you know, I'm so nurtured. I was so nurtured with my church family in North Carolina but being out here in this wilderness i literally had to learn how to create my own spiritual atmosphere how to build my my own personal relationship with god you know by myself without the assistance of you know leaders and and, and things like that i had to learn how to read and search the scriptures for myself um, to get revelation and understanding. And when I say it caused me to grow so much spiritually and he was preparing me. So now I'm in a place where now I can be given. So now I can minister to people. It produced an anointing and an oil in me that I didn't even know existed. If anybody would tell me I would be doing all that I'm doing right now, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have believed it six years ago. I wouldn't have believed it six years ago. And so I I see now I had to go through that process to be who I am right now. And it was worth worth it was worth 
it was worth it at the time i might not have felt like it was worth it i might not have believed it was worth it at that time but now i i see the benefit of it and now i'm just like break my lord because <laughs> i trust i trust my spirit in your hands i trust that you would never break me past past what i am able to handle i i trust the fact that my well-being and you're good and you have good intentions for me so i can trust whatever process i'm going through and i can take it now gracefully as long as i know it's i'm going through what i'm going through because you placed me in it not because i made a decision and it caused me to be having to go through a hardship because sometimes there's some wildernesses that we go through because of disobedience i know i am uh um yeah, that happened to me. <laughs> that happened to me when I left North Carolina. Um, everything within me, and I know it was God, was telling me not to go to Texas when I moved to Texas. But, you know, I went <clears throat> anyway to Texas because I was not following my spirit. I was following my heart. <laughs> I was not following the spirit of God. I was following my heart instead. <clears throat> And I went. And even though God made provisions for me there, because he did not want to see me out and about, or my daughter out and about, homeless, and things like that, he made provision. But when I was there, I could never get a job. And I always kept saying, why I couldn't get a job? <laughs> I could never get a job while I was there. Even though I, he kept a roof over my head, but I could never find work. And it, he told me it was because I was not supposed to be there anyway. But, you know, and then my daughter, Nadja, who was living here in Phoenix, she was like, well, come to Arizona. And I was like, ah. but I didn't want to go back to North Carolina because I knew it was real. I needed to leave North Carolina, <clears throat> but I, and I didn't want to go back because part of me felt like I was going backwards if I went back, you know. And so she was like, come on out here. And it was a miserable time for me too when I came out here, you know, emotionally and spiritually. It was, it was just miserable for me when I first came out here too and everything else. And, and But I always knew that uh, it was not going to stay that way. Even though when I was going through my period of time that I was going through and everything else, I knew that it was not going to stay. It wasn't going to stay that way. Now, but when you're going through it, it feels like you're going to be there forever. <laughs> you're going to be there forever. And like, you just feel like, is there a way? I, well, Lord, can't, do you hear me at all? Do you hear me at all, Father? You know, but this, I, I think that's where you grow your faith the most, too, when you go and do that part of time because of the simple fact you don't feel like the Lord is with you. But even though he is with you, you don't feel like he's with you. And that is where your faith grows the most when you go and do that word, that wilderness period. Just like Jesus, he went out in the wilderness. You know, the Lord was there, even though I don't feel like he's there. But I think, you know, that's that part of being tried through the fire as well. You know, it's how you come out of it at, at the end. Right. Amen. Um, I appreciate your... your your vulnerability and your transparency, because I know everybody here has been through a wilderness experience and everybody watching as well. 
And I was thinking about when you brought up Jesus, you know, I, I like to compare and contrast Jesus being in the wilderness and the children of Israel being in the wilderness. And I think, you know, the first time you go through an experience as a believer, because truthfully, whether you're a believer or not, you're going to go through, you're going to go through something. And the difference that we have is we can go through it with Jesus. We can go through it with hope. We can go through it with faith that we are going to have victory on the other side. Whereas people in the world who don't know God, they are trying to figure out this life on their own with little to no hope. And so I take comfort in that to begin with, but we can't even stop there because sometimes we're like the children of Israel where, yes, we're going through this process and we know that it's going to be a difficult one. But instead of us looking back and saying, we have history with a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. And instead of us taking stock into what we've already experienced with him, we decide to murmur and complain. We decide to go around the same wilderness over and over again because we refuse to learn our lesson. We refuse to say, God, I trust you and I yield myself in humility because I don't know better. How dare I say I know better than the God who created me? And so that's what I'm learning is to say, is to go through that process that Naisha was talking about. That yes, I know I've been here before. I know God has ordained this. At the very least, he's allowing it to happen. And so I can trust that he's going to bring me out on the other side. And there's going to be another wilderness. So guess what? I'm going to get ready. Just like I save money and prepare for a rainy day, there's going to be another wilderness. So I need to start storing up those prayers now. I need to start storing up those scriptures now. Instead of waiting until I get to the wilderness and saying, oh, what, what is this? This is, this is a surprise. It's not a surprise. You know it's going to happen. It was promised in the scriptures that we will have tough times, that temptation will come. And so we can prepare just like we do in the natural, we can do in the spiritual. And it won't be perfect, but at least we know we've done our part. And the devil can't take us by surprise. I'm supposed to be reading this book, um, and it's talking about the opportunity and the unexpected. And yes, things happen all the time that we don't expect or we, we didn't think would come up, but we can expect the unexpected. In this walk, in this life, we know that things are going to happen. And so we look for those opportunities because we know that God can use us if we're available and ready. Even through our own trials, God can use us to help other people. And so that's what I'm, I'm working on now. It's not a perfect thing. But I'm working on that now just to look for those opportunities where as I grow in the faith, I'm no longer the one taken by surprise by the wilderness season, but I'm expecting and looking for it and saying, God, how are you going to use me in this time? How are you going to use me in this time where, you know, gas prices are skyrocketing, rent prices are up crazy? What can I do in this season to be a blessing to someone else since I am not in a position where I'm on the streets? Thank God I can afford to get some gas right now. What can I do to help someone else since we are all in this boat together? 
How can I be a blessing to someone else instead of sitting on the sidelines complaining and, and griping about the situation? What is my position as a believer to go through this wilderness season with grace, with love, with patience, with hope, with joy, with love, all those things that we're supposed to be doing anyway. Right. And that's exactly it, because we have to realize that even though we are or we're going through the wilderness place, we are here for a reason. We are here for a reason. Um, we go through those those different levels and we have to learn to get he's taking us through a process because whatever we're going to step into next we're going to need to go through that process for our next our, our next level of what we're going to going to be going through and we have to always remember that we are here not just for ourselves we are here to do a work amen definitely and every work is for someone else yeah this, your process is always for someone else. It's, it's for you too, but it's always for someone else. He's allowing you to experience it for someone else. And one thing I've also come to realize that in the in in doing your process, during the time of God processing you, molding you, and shaping you, and and taking you through the process. Our attitude, as like the board was saying, our attitude towards it and how we receive it is a is a is a big tool because I found out the way that you um you you go about the process and if you don't go through the process right or if you don't if you don't complete the test. He always bring another one. And until you complete it, you don't go to the next level. So I've learned that when I'm going through this, pro when I, you know, if I'm going through a process like that, I've always, you know, I've learned to tell the Lord, you know what, Lord, I don't like it. And it don't feel good. Amen. I'm going to do what I need to do to go to pass this test. Because I don't want to go through it again. Right. <laughs> I need to learn what you need for me to learn. I need to yield whatever you want me to yield. I need to experience or get out whatever you're trying to show me because I don't want to take this test again. I want to pass this one and go to the next level. And until we pass the test, I have learned you will keep going through it until you go through it the way that he desired for you to go, like the board said, that your your attitude toward it, you know, you the way you're yielding to it, because sometimes we fight him. We fight him through the process. We fight him like we do, we complain, we do a lot of things. And 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 until we really yield and say, okay, Father, this is not my will, but it's your will to be done in my life. And I'm just I, I I, just help me, help like Tom. Help my unbelief, but help me through it so I can I can pass it and go through it. Until we do, he's gonna bring another one until we complete it. So, like it's not. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes they do come unexpectedly. Sometimes we we put ourselves in a position where we cause ourselves to go into a wilderness because of disobedience. And then sometimes God just allows us to go through it because he knows that we can handle it. 
and he used us to be the one to go for it. And so whichever way it come, I guess, you know, we have to, like she said, we have to be prepared and just say, well, God, let, let your will be done and, and just process through it, you know. That's, that's one thing I've learned that, you know, many times that we do have to yield and say, you know what, Father, whatever it is that you're trying to do, whatever, whatever it is you're trying to show me, whatever you're trying to get about of me, whatever you're trying to get me to repent from, whatever, you know, whatever it is, it's when we yield and we, and we surrender, you know, and when we surrender, then we find out that the process sometimes is a lot easier than what we thought. It's just that we've been fighting it. So that's what's making it so hard for us to go through it. Yeah. Did you know that the wilderness is mentioned like 300 times in the Bible, throughout the yeah. Bible? Yes. And then all of it, they said the number 40 is a reason for it. If you think about it, they said Moses went through 40 years of Egypt of learning, but then he went through the wilderness for 40 years. They said it's 40 means trial and test and probation. Then they said Jonah, he preached to Nineveh for 40 years, for 40 days for them to repent. And Elijah, he ran from Jezebel for 40 days because he, you know, she said she was going to kill him. And I was looking at that because one of the pastors was talking about that. And they said, you know, 40 some, sometime that 40, you know, it connects with wilderness because they even talk about Israel going around. It was 11 day journey, but it took them 40 years in the wilderness to get to the promised land, which was only 11 day journey. But, uh, but, you know, they had to do all that because of the fact that they just didn't want to yield and obey the Lord. So he had to wait till all of them died. They didn't believe. And I was looking at that and one of the, I was looking at one of the pastors, I believe it was um, Pastor Michael Todd. He was talking about that, about the 40, what the 40 meant. And he was even saying sometime in your life, uh, the age 40, a lot of people say, oh, when I turn 40, this happened, that happened. He said, but you know, sometimes divine connection right he, he was just you know he was just opened up my eyes and I said you know I ain't never I didn't think about things I didn't think about it like that but then when I started looking in the bible about uh different ones and where that 40 hit at I was like yeah you know like yeah that was 40 days and Jesus went through the wilderness for 40 days and there's something about this 40 right you know and when I looked it up about the the number 40 that's what it was saying it meant uh, a period of testing and trial and probation in, in you know in someone's life or you know in the life of a person and if you look in everyone who went through that 40 period or days or years or whatever when they came out Moses what he do he seen God he came he to help deliver the children out of Egypt you know Jesus came back he, he defeated the enemy through his his 40 day of fasting and consecration unto the Lord. Jonah, he did everything to get away from preaching to Nineveh, but he preached it, didn't he? And what happened? Nineveh got saved. So. <laughs> yeah, like what, the way I see it too is that 
wilderness also represents purification. Yes. <laughs> purification by fire. It's yes. It has that whatever's in you is sincere. Mm -hmm. Because we can say a lot of things and say, oh, God, we're really, you know, we're ready. We want, <laughs> I want what you got for me, Jesus. Hallelujah. Speak our tongues and everything. Lord, I'm ready for it, God. I want to do your will, Jesus. Right? And then he tests, he tests us with fire to see how sincere we are about it. It also, you know, um, when you're tested by fire, it also reveals um, the impurities. It also reveals your character flaws. You know, it also reveals all the all the issues. You know, when um when the Israelites were in the wilderness for four years, it revealed their hearts towards God. So they were all crying to God while they was the Egypt Lord rescue me. I'm ready to get out of here. We're tired of being Egyptian um slaves. We want to be free, Lord, you know, rescue us. He comes and rescues them, and then they, they they get a little thirsty, they get a little hungry, they get a little hot. And that's bad. We could have, we should have just stayed there. We don't We didn't say we didn't. We didn't say we didn't want to serve. The we just wanted him to lighten up the load a little bit, but no, we could have stayed there and, and served Pharaoh. At least he was giving us melons and onions and, and meat. You're out here giving us soft bread that tastes like cumin. I don't want that. I want the meat. I want the wine. I want the melons. And like, after they don't back God to rescue them, and then they go complaining and wanting to go back into bondage. And if you yeah. think about it too, they- Just so they can eat good. Just so they can eat good. And then the whole time they were out there, they were unfaithful to God. They were worshiping other idols the whole time. They were in that wilderness. They were, not only were they murmuring and complaining, but they were being unfaithful. And if you think about the whole time they were in that wilderness, most of it was about being clean. What was clean, what was unclean and learning the ways of God. So when we are in wilderness, it's really to train us and to teach us how to walk with God, how to learn his ways more perfectly and how to, and then to rid us of all um, character flaws and everything and things that's in us that will get in a way and hinder us. See, if, 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 if um, Israel would have embraced their process properly, and obey God totally when they got into the promised land they would have went in there without any problems or issues but because of the fact that they like to befriend their enemies <laughs> because they like to to um cuff their themselves to things that will work against them in the future the the the, the very same inhabitants that the Lord was trying to have them drive out 
became a snare and a trap to them. It caused them trouble later on. It caused them to be unfaithful to God and to 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 their all their old stuff, their idol worshiping, always kept coming back up. Well, now, Aiden, let me ask you a question. Coming back think, up. Do you think they had poor leadership? Did they have poor leadership? I don't believe that they had poor leadership. The thing is, is that they didn't respect their leadership, some of them. Yes. You can tell. And, and well, I would say they had some bad leadership. Miriam. And see, she she was. He said, why are you trying to call her out? <laughs> Don't leave, Aaron, don't leave Aaron out. Let's talk about her. <laughs> and why are you trying to call her out? She said this was Women and Power Wednesday. She really said, about, um, Moses both her, both her, both her, and Aaron both. Um, and then they and, and and they didn't even realize they planted a seed in the people of uprising against the man of God, the 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 man that that God appointed for out of jealousy and strife so first first you got Miriam because she got a she got a Jezebel spirit she want to be in control she want to be in control she want to get rid of the black woman and she racist so she racist and she's a Jezebel she's a Jezebel racist but you know what, Asia, I believe that's why God brought them there because he had to he had to allow all that that was in them to come up out of them so they can see that all the stuff that they had in them because it didn't matter what he did. He showed them all kinds of miracles. He did everything to show mm -hmm. them. You and no one can touch you. But no matter what he did, they were still willing to go back into slavery, no yeah, matter what. We will always pick what is comfortable to us. Yes. Over what is right for us. And see, with 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 it has nothing to do with leader. It has nothing to do with well, you having bad leaders is a thing because Miriam and Aaron was an issue. But listen, but there was a part of Moses that he was trying to be a people pleaser too. Right. And see, the thing is too, if 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 Moses would have stepped up in the beginning, because God just sent him, Aaron wasn't supposed to have been in the equation, but because Moses was didn't want to go confront Pharaoh by himself, because he was afraid he was a stuttering box. <laughs> because he had it. He was, at, you know, the Lord had to raise up Aaron, who ended up being a thorn in Moses' side the whole time. Mm -hmm. So that goes to show you God can call you. But if you don't see yourself the way he sees you, then you still could be a hindrance the, the call that he has on your life because you are still looking at your Im, imperfections or your your lack of perfection or you, you know your inability of things even though God God knows that it's there but he's telling you no matter what 
is wrong with you or you think that is wrong with you, I can still use you. But if but what we are saying when he gives gifts without repentance, yes, that the gifts that the that the gifts from God are without repentance. But Moses, you know, he he had to go in and let Aaron go in there because Moses still just you know I can't do this. Let Mar let Mo let let Aaron speak. I just you know it, it, just, it was crazy, right? Because my thing is right. Aaron didn't like listening to Moses, but he sure listened to his sister. Well, Moses, so maybe because wasn't Moses the baby, so maybe they figured uh -oh, he was they the said baby. Moses was a foreigner. See, that mommy put you in the river, and you was one of them Egypt people. Now here you come back here, <laughs> trying to be Hebrew now, and want to tell. It was us like, what you supposed to be dead? They was supposed to be dead and gone. Look, he was a ride or die because he was killing up e Egyptians to defend his brethren. Okay, yeah, but I think he was a. Little, they was a little jealous of Moses. I really believe that. And you know, because they were the oldest. And it is a lot of pride. It was a yeah. lot of pride. And that's why I said that Jezebel spirit, that's what got in the way. <laughs> that Jezebel, because then first she, 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 she's wanting control. Mm -hmm. She's wanting things done the way that she wants it done. And she mm -hmm. can't do it in her own strength and her own ability. So what she do, she goes and manipulates her brother mm -hmm. into to coming in cahoots with her, right? And yeah. then she she she's trying to intimidate and and dominate Moses into bowing to her and got herself embarrassed. And see, this is how you know she wasn't fit to be, uh, she wasn't fit to be in, in Moses's place because she did what she did and she did not take in consideration mm -hmm. It would have on the whole entire camp because yeah, the yes. root of her Jezebel spirit started leaking over into the other other men in the mm -hmm. uh, in um in the camp. Because then later on, you got Korah yeah. raising up men to yeah. come against Moses, talking about the same using the same words she used. Uh, yes, connection here using the same words that she used. Spirit. Mm -hmm. Are we all hear from God. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And they talked about that, uh, uh, Pastor uh, Prophet Juanita Bynum, and uh, they talked about how, you know, because they were saying like in the church, uh, they were saying like when the, the word of God said, you know, when there's uh, someone among the church who is causing cohort or causing disruption within the body of Christ, the word of God said to point them out and expose them and put them out because if you leave them there they're going to damage the whole body because mm -hmm. they are a serpent really and they're going around you know they're poison and they're biting this one and biting that one so the word of god said you're supposed to expose them and they, and and if they're still doing it then you're supposed to mark them and put them out and, and, and make a an example of them and so that's exactly what she did his sister mm -hmm. when he you know that's what she did and then you found what there was somebody else he go he go another one so that spirit was this this leaked all around in the camp so when it came time for uh the ten commandments to come down and god said okay who you gonna serve then he was like okay moses said i ain't got time for y'all no more because y'all just are headed <laughs> so i'm just you know 
The and Lord took got time. I'm too grown for this. And, and that's what happened. It it wound up making the weight of carrying. Because if you think about how the heart of Moses before he started, yes, the heart of Moses by the time he ended, time he got there, it yeah. this man's heart. Because he was rebellious. they were so rebellious. They, when they he was hard headed and they were sick <laughs> and God, even God it was so bad. Even God himself was like, Look, I'm gonna give these people the land, but I'm I have to leave and I'm gonna separate myself from them because if they keep on, I'm gonna kill all of them. You yeah. know? <laughs> even yeah. God himself was like, I had to separate myself from them because they keep on, I'm gonna end up having to kill all of them. And even yeah. at the end of the day, they did all die before they went into the promised land. They he waited till they all was dead. But look at the heart of Moses. The heart of Moses, he was pleading with the Lord, Lord, please. Right. About you said that these people is called by your name. If you just abandon them, it's gonna look bad on you. Have mercy. <laughs> Have mercy. I like Adam. I repent for them. Please just you know, he don't leave these people. His ministry was really an intercessor because he cried all the time for the people. Yes, he, he, did. Did. he, really, he always went, for them all the he time. went before the Lord and he was like, Lord, you know. Until you know. the end. Yes, it's, yeah, but then he <laughs> then yeah. he was he got tired of them people. He I'm got sorry. tired of them. He, now he wanted to beat them himself. Lord, you ain't gotta beat him. I'ma beat him. For <laughs> he like, he, no, he like, Lord, I did, did I give birth to all these people? For you to give me the weight of carrying all them by. Yes. Why did yes. you just kill me? Why did you put the weight of all these people on me? I'm tired of them. They're your you wanted them, they're your children, they're yours. You um, take see how the heart of the man of God changed. They have caused yeah. him to harden so bad. And he's like, now I can't even enter in the promise because of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hard lesson to learn, though, because you think about the leaders that we see fall today, and yes. it could be those same reasons. And yes. I say you have to, that's a part of that preparation. And when we look at these leaders and these people in these high-ranking positions, I never look at them with envy because I know the weight is heavy. The weight is so heavy and they have more prayer to do. They have more studying to do. They have more on their shoulders that they need to do in order to stay on the right path so that they are not kept out of the promised land. Right. And that's why we no, Angel, really What is the name of that guy we was watching yesterday when he was talking about administration, government, oh, the government and helps? Apostle Alexander Pagani. You mm -hmm. have to listen to because this kind of what we talk about today is kind of what he was talking about, like your help that's around you. And he was saying that, you know, when you are like out there, like the pastors and, you know, and stuff, when you out there, you do need someone that's praying, that's like praying for you that, you know, got your back, who has, who really has your back. And, you know, and he was, you know, talking about exactly the same thing. Helps and administration and how mm -hmm. they, how you know, they can either be assistance and that help you, or they could turn around and then try to dominate you and try to control you. Because well, the I believe every pastor, every prophet, every teacher, the five for gift ministry, they all need some, they all need people who have been plucked out by the hand of God to mm -hmm. be in 
for them because they are the one who is taking all the blows. And if you're taking out the man of God or the woman of God, then you have everybody because they are who God put in place. So that burden and stuff that they are, they, that they're under and that the, you know, the, what God has given them, they need to be surrounded. That is one thing my apostle, Apostle Ernest Leonard always said, even though he know what God had for him, but he had to pray and have God to pluck out people who would be intercessors for him, not for the mm -hmm. church, but for him personally, that they prayed constantly for him mm -hmm. so that he would not fall under the snares and the trap and the plots and the plan of the enemy because of the fact that God has given them this, this work to do. The devil is constantly at them mm -hmm. in so many ways. So the, the God, the word says to pray for your leaders, to pray for them. That we are supposed to pray for the for the fivefold ministry gift because they are the ones who God has called out and they're always under attack. Mm -hmm. And everything could be like, oh, well, I thought they would say, well, hot, but they still human, just like we are. And the same way you come under attack, they come up under attack, and they come under even more heavier because they are carrying this this weight and this load they're carrying this 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 gift that god's giving them and this mission you know that he want them to to work out and walk out in the world and for him so what you think i mean the like they said the one the word of god said for much who is given much is required mm -hmm. So the more I'm giving to you, the more it's going to be required of you. So that's, you know, and Juanita Biden told me, she said, you're looking at us as if, you know, we got something that, oh, you know, you want it, but you don't know what it takes to, right. for mm -hmm. us to add this. You don't really, okay, you think Juanita Biden, okay, you want everything Juanita Biden got, come on, come get it. You can have it, but you don't know what it took for me to get here. Oh, you don't know what I had to go through to be here. And it was one thing Apostle always talked about. He talked about the costly anointing. And it was a book. And he used to always say that. He said, for the anointing, to have the anointing, it's a price you got to pay. Mm -hmm. And I used to say, oh, I don't want to pay that price. I used to always say that because I used to be like, mm, I don't want to go, mm, I want to go through it. Mm, no, Lord. Mm. I used to, you know, and he, and there was one time he came to me and he was prophesying, he was ministering. And he said to me, and he ain't the only one who said it, but he said to me, he said, you know, God can use you, but you keep running. And, and he wasn't lying because I was running because I was like, mm, I don't want to pay that. <laughs> And, and one day God spoke to me about it. He said, you always running. And a lot of things in my life that I have experienced and gone through is because I keep running. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't want to yield. Yeah, because see, God, whatever he has for you, can't nobody, if it's for you to do, can't nobody else do it. Now, if you want to keep being rebellious, he will bring up, he will raise up someone else. Yeah. But he would take you just like just like Jonah. Jonah, go to Nineveh and tell the people to repent. 
But no, Lord, I don't want to go there because I don't even like them. And they all need to go to hell. So since <laughs> going. And the Lord said, okay. And he let Jonah do exactly what he wanted to do. But what he did, he ended up in the doggone well, the fish belly. And then eventually his will yielded. And then he went and the people repented. And, and I, you know, I might have some of Jonah's spirit, Lord, deliver me from it. Because I, because you're running. Mm-hmm. You know, you run it because you don't want to pay the price. And that was something that used to always bother me because I'm telling you, I used to always hear, I said, the costly anointing, they can have it. You can have it. I don't want the costly anointing. No, 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 you can have it. You know, and it's, it is because we run certain things we run from. And I know me, I'm speaking for me. I know it. You know what I'm saying? You know when God done said, look, I want you to do this and you be saying, mm-hmm. can't you find somebody else? Yes. That's what I want like, to do. Are you talking to me? Uh-huh. Excuse me. <laughs> I can't do that, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> but huh? <laughs> the devil is a liar. And but you know what God said. And and my apostle wasn't the only one. He used to, you know, someone else came and they they said, Lisa. God can use you, but you keep running. You keep running and you keep running. And I kept saying, Yeah, I know I'm running because <laughs> you're not telling me nothing. Dude. Right. I got running on my shirt. I know. <laughs> I even bought a t-shirt. Right. I didn't ask for your advice. <laughs> I didn't ask you to tell me. <laughs> don't want it, Lord. Don't want it nasty. Don't want it. You know. But one day God dealt with me and I had to repent. And I said, you know what, Father? I know it. It's rebellious. It's, it's disobedient. And I know. And then I had to be honest with myself. I said, you know, I, I, I was afraid. I'm afraid. Why I'm afraid? I don't even know why I'm afraid. It's just that I don't know what you got for me. And maybe that's what I'm afraid of. Because I don't know what you're going to take me through in order for me to get it. So I'm afraid because of the unknown. You know, so I said to him, I said, Father, I have, you know me better than I know myself. So to be honest with you, you even know what I'm thinking right now. So I'm going to tell it to you because, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, even though you're saying I already know, Lisa, but I'm going to let you go ahead and confess it. So I'm going to confess to you. I was afraid and I still am because I don't know what the unknown is, but whatever it is, father, I'm yielding my will to you, no matter what it is and whatever you got to take me through to get me where I need to be. I'm a yield it. Even if I'm afraid, I'm a yield it right now. I'm yielding it, but I'm still afraid. So I'm going to say like Timothy said, Help my unbelief because yeah. it's not that you can't do it. It's not that I don't know that you can do it because you done done this and you done done that. Like uh, the boy said, you done seen the past work in your life that he did. But because we don't know what the future is, is, is we become afraid. And I said, Lord, and I'm afraid. So you know what? I'm just going to leave it there for you. Now you help me because, hey, you, I'm your child and you the one called me. So look, you know me better than me. So I know, I know that. And that's part of, of sometimes the, the, the wilderness that we go through because we don't want to go, we don't want to experience the mm. process. Yeah, and no that's the whole thing. It's just like drop on me. Like why well, need to buy it? You just think it's going to fall on you. Uh-uh, honey. 
I had to pay something to go to to, to get where I'm at. So what makes you think you gonna come up here and I'm just gonna smear the all on you and the Lord just gonna give it to you? <laughs> it's a price. It's a walk. It's mm -hmm. it's your faithfulness. You got to be faithful, Lord. He. It's a process, mm -hmm. and 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 it's a process we all got to go through. So I I I was like, oh yes, Lord, it is a process. So I've learned even when these things become uncomfortable, and I feel myself saying, now look. Mm -mm, nah, nah, nah. You know this. I have to repent. I be like, Lord, forgive me. Whatever it is that I gotta go through, Father, I'm, I, I repent. I'ma be quiet and shut my mouth. <laughs> tell you, you gotta pray and be like, Lord, deliver me from myself, right? Because it's you that's in your own way. That's I'm right. the first one to be like, No, I don't trust myself. I know what I'm capable of. <laughs> I know I'm capable of all manners of evil. <laughs> well, the Holy Ghost, no, I don't trust myself. I'm crazy. So, <laughs> you know, and I think, I think, you know, a lot of watered down Christianity gives people this false um, sense that everyone is equal. Mm. Not all of us carry the same weight. Because oh, not all of us is willing to, to pay the price of that. And so, okay. you know, you'll have people who look and, you know, I've experienced this even in my, my own walk, you know, different, different people in my life, you know, who will think, oh, well, you're being, you know, super religious or it don't take all, you know, it don't take all of that. And, you know, no, um, you can do those things, but right, yeah. I cannot. Yes. That's, you know, yes. this is the weight of yes. the anointing, and me and you are not the same. Me, mm -hmm. your, my relationship with the Father is not the same as your relationship with the Father. What my requirement is may not be your requirement. Because my, what I am made to carry out is going to be different from what you yes. are willing to, you know, will need to carry out. Everybody's mantle is different. Right. Everybody don't care the same mantle. Yes. Exactly. And, and then it's like, okay, you're wanting, you're wanting to see yourself as, as me, but you don't want to pay the same price that I'm paying to That's walk in what I'm walking in. That's true. You and, know, I, can I just say this for one minute? I don't mean to cut you off, not Asia. But, you know, it, a few years ago, it's been many, many years ago. I don't even know. Maybe it could have been, it could have been like 20 years ago. Um, um, I, and I was working and I used to have to get up early, like about 4.35 o'clock. You know, I never drove, so I'd take public transportation to get on this train. And one day, you know, like I was going through something, you know, I was going through something spiritually. I felt, you know, it was, an, it was a wilderness of spirit. And I felt like God wasn't around and different things. And one, and I used to, leave out and it still be, will be real dark and I was sitting on this bench waiting for my bus but I, I was going through so much that I I got into a worship and, and and I was talking to the Lord but everything was really me talking to him within myself and I kept saying I kept saying father why me though why me you know, I kept saying, why, why me? Why do I have to go through this? Why am I going through that? Why, why? I was just going through it. It, it, it was a lot of personal and family type of things that I was going through. And, and so then I was getting up to get ready to go 
across the street to go get the bus because I was sitting on the opposite side. And as I got up and was walking across the street and I was sitting there waiting for the bus, the Holy Spirit said it to me so loud, but so sweet. And he said, and why not you? He said, are you better than my son? Mm-hmm. I had my, that happen. <laughs> my son went through it. What makes you think that you're not supposed to go through it? Or you can't go that through it? That was me earlier in the year. And he had it. Like tears just came through my eyes because I was like, you, who makes, you know, it was like, you ain't better than him. Mm. And he, I like that when I was in my hospital when I had the COVID and I was in the hospital, I thought that yeah. too. He took on the sins of the world to say you and wow. you think better than him that you can't go through it. Wow. I, yeah, I was crying like a baby. I said, Father, I am so sorry and I repent. Yes. Because why not me? You right. Who am I to think that I am better than your son? If he did what, if he had to go to Calvary and take on everything he took on to save me, who am I to think that I'm better than him, that I can't go through something? I said, mm-hmm. I repent right now. I'm so sorry. I was crying so bad that people was looking at me getting out of this. you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. This is yeah, I'm fine. I'm okay now. <laughs> it was just in the Lord. Uh, yeah. I'm like, you know, one thing I find too is like, you know, especially um walking with God, there is going to be humility. A yeah. lot of people can't get into certain places and certain arenas with the Lord because of all the pride that they have in their heart. Yeah. Because you want you think yourself out to be something more than you are. And you, you do not have a humble heart. See, because most most people who have have that experience, um, Aunt Lisa, they are the people that God used because of their humility. You know, because of the fact they don't they don't think themselves to be so great to think that they have the right to even challenge God in that way. Because I know I was in that that place earlier in the year, you know, um, frustrated when I had to go through, you know, things and I'm just like, you know, Lord, why I got to go through this? It wasn't even my fault. You know, I don't, you know, I don't deserve this. And then having to, you know, forgive, forgive someone of something that, you know, I didn't do anything wrong to them. You know, and anybody would be like, oh, yeah, you you're absolutely just to be angry. And I'm just like, you know, Lord, why do I always have to be the person that have to forgive? You know, why do I have to surrender? I always have to say sorry. Why do I got to submit? You know, why do I have to lay my and then realizing too, like, okay, you're telling me you want me to go through this, not even for myself, it's for someone else's benefit. Yeah. Not doing anything for me. <laughs> this is for someone else. You want you, so you want me to swallow all this pain and everything yeah. that I'm going through. Crucify myself right now. Deny myself for not for me, but for the benefit of somebody in the future. I don't even know. <laughs> you know, for someone else's benefit. Like and then. I, you know, just like you. Sound like you was telling a whole tantrum. I was. <laughs> I said I was having a hard time. Are you bitch was, was rolling on the floor, kicking and screaming? <laughs> I was, I was upset. 
upset. I was upset. I was, and I was frustrated because of the fact that I love, I love the father and I, I'm one of those people. I'm the first one. I'm ready. Whatever you say, Lord, I'm going to do it. So to be in this place where I'm wrestling with him. Now that's just making me even more mad. It's like, now look what you're doing. Like that. Like in the wrestling with God. You got me out of alignment. I'm like, we walking in perfect peace and harmony. And you come and you just ruined that for me. (laughs) It's like that. Like when the Lord wants you to forgive, forgive somebody when it's not your fault. And like, not to say anything, like Teresa, keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything. You just forgive them and just go ahead. It seemed like that's the hardest thing right there. I'm like, especially when you're like, Lord, I've been doing it your way. I've been submitted. I have, I have denied myself of all kinds of things, Mm -hmm. submitted, surrendered so many things over. And now to have to lose and give up things, not because of an action of my own account, but because of someone else's actions. And now I'm I'm paying the price for someone else. I'm like, Lord, now this is too much. And then you just as clear as day, he was like, well, my son had to do it. Jesus straight Mm -hmm. up said, I had to do it. And mm-hmm. I tell you right now, I understood. Mm-hmm. I understood exactly how Jesus felt in that world. Yeah. Right, right in that garden when he was praying. Mm-hmm. He was praying, Lord, let this cup pass from me. Why he was so stressed. I'm like, because to imagine having to pay the price and having to lay your life down for others. They talk Not about that for your own benefit, but for the benefit of someone else who's going and to it, need your sacrifice. And it wasn't until he said, But not my will, but your will be done, that it was a peace on him. He said, That's they were saying, when, when you get to that moment and you really yield your you yield your flesh and your will to God, that's when he comes. He said, The word of God said, then he sent the angels to minister to him because. Now he was at the place where it wasn't about him. It was about the will of the father. And until we get to that place where it's not about anything that God called us to, it's not about you per se. Right. It's really what he wants you to do for other people. Right. It's really about others because God said, if you lift me up, I would draw all men to me, but he needs someone to lift him up so that he can draw. So he used you, he used me, he used this, but but he used whoever is willing to allow him to use them. So what he said, the harvest is many, but the labors are few. Yeah. You know? And, and it's, also, a lot of yeah. times we go through those things too, because it's a testimony for one. And then how can you come across somebody else that go through that same situation? You'd be like, you know what, I've been there, so I know exactly how you feel i yes. know exactly so you can't <laughs> visit her to somebody if you've never been in that situation yeah. yourself you know we don't have to go through everything but there's some things we have to taste the water to yeah. to, know, to have the compassion to say i feel your pain i know right. what it is to be there i've been I, i've been in that position and i i know what you're going through because if we don't then we have no compassion 
we we have no compassion because it's it's like well, you know, I don't know what she's talking about. Like, yeah, that's what she say. But I mean, I don't really think it was all that. But when it comes to your door, you be like, let me tell you something. Shut up. That woman I've been through something. <laughs> I've been through it too, Lord. <laughs> you have all I find that is the issue that we're having in the body of Christ. Um, lack of love among the brethren. Mm -hmm. We have yeah. no mercy, no compassion for one another whatsoever. Yes. We don't prefer one another. We make yeah. our Pre preference our traditions our man-made laws our man-made ideologies um our doctrines that are not even hell or heaven or salvation issues just our own personal preferences and stuff like that we prefer them over being in harmony and love with our brethren Yes. It has caused so much division. It has caused so much hurt and so much pain within the body of Christ. And it's very saddening and it's very sickening. Mm -hmm. Because it 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 doesn't reflect Christ at all. He said, they'll know that you're my disciples by the way that you love one another. Yes, that you love one that you bear. And so the lack of respect honor and love for one another and i don't mean i don't mean just you know that that the celebrity pastor and his wife that everyone makes an idol in a church where everything is centered around <laughs> that pastor and his wife you know or just that pastor or whoever you know but honor among all of the brethren you know yeah. Um, Jesus said the greatest in the kingdom is the one who serves. So really the greatest person in, 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 in a church setting is that usher at the door <laughs> in the kingdom of God. That is who, who, who's the greatest person. See, in, in, in kingdoms, biblically kings and, and if anyone really sees how kingdoms and stuff are ran in real real kingship in in real monarchy yes kings and queens are slaves to the people yep. they're servants to the people they have to give up their freedoms and the things that they desire from themselves for the benefit of the people see people <laughs> think that being kings and monarchs and stuff means you get to be served no, because they went to war, they did the battle, they protected yes. give up yeah. the pe people that they love. Yes. Whatever was best for the country. Yes. It was the decisions that they had to make, mean. even if it was against what they desire personally. See, yeah. what we have is a bunch of people who are claiming themselves to be kings, but really you're tyrants, you're mm -hmm. dictators. You're mm -hmm. not royalty. You're not heirs. You're not kings. Mm -hmm. You're false. You're, you're false gods. That's what you have. You made yourself the 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 image of worship. You want your people to worship and bow to you, and you have made yourself God. 
and remove God from his rightful place where everything and everyone needs to be centered around you. Mm -hmm. Where now you need bodyguards and all kinds of stuff. I um I don't see anywhere <laughs> where any of the apostles have bodyguards. You know what? Because they were getting them put in prison, beaten, stoned to death. Where was the bodyguards at? But Jesus himself, because they tried to attack him too. And he just walked right on. They didn't even know where he, where, where, where he go. We were trying to, we were trying to stone him. He was, you know, so that's true. And he was always among the people. Yes, and you make untouchable. He only left the people to go pray and worship and have fellowship with with the Father, but he was always among the people. Exactly, I'm like, where, where, who created this, this I, church religious monarchy? I don't know. They have made the 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 pastor, the bishop, well, he, the church the god of the church and have become well, so the king had an armor bearer and he did have soldiers that, but he had an armor bearer but the armor bearer was for the king himself yes, it was just they, it was just he did protect the king so you know no, nobody wouldn't do any harm to him you know when it came to his food and different things like that because you know they was always out to kill the king but other than that you know he was out there exposed. Mm -hmm. So, right. and a lot of the time it was to fight alongside. They they were they were assisting the king and and ruling mm -hmm. and, and fighting and and stuff. When you got people who are assisting men and women of God because they want to be in that position, they want the fame that comes with the attachment of the name, and they want all the luxury that comes with walking with them. You know, uh, we really have kingdom messed up. A lot of people who teach kingdom don't have any understanding of what kingdom is. They have the verbiage, but lack the knowledge, lack the coming into because you know kingship is is not roses and i think a lot of leaders need to be delivered you need to be delivered a lot of them have become like moses at the end your hearts are, have been hardened because of wilderness because of abuse of the assembly some of you have been given over to a reprobate mind because of your own disobedience you know because you tried to you tried to carry the weight of god himself when you are not god you have declared yourself the head and have tried to behead jesus as being the head of his body and his church and the weight that comes with that you're unable to handle and it's, mm -hmm. it's crushing you it's crushing you mentally, it's crushing you emotionally, it's making you physically ill, mentally ill. Some of you have been given over to a reprobate mind like Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. That's what you said on there. Um, Juanita Bynum was talking about that. She was talking about the um, 
your purpose, uh, I don't know, I've been listening to so many of them, I don't, they all blended together. But she was saying about that, she was saying like, uh, uh, so, sometime being in that position, like, you know, you're being the pastor or the teacher or the prophet or whatever, even being in that sometime when uh, uh, the apostle or the pastor or whoever the person may be that's in that fivefold ministry gift, they may come to a place in their life that may be their purpose of being whatever that ministry at that time in their life maybe God may be calling them to something different and how a lot of them are get stuck because they feel like they are so concerned about what people may think if they say I'm no longer called to do this no more you know what I'm saying and God is moving someone else in this spot and he's calling me here a lot of times you know, the fivefold ministry gift, they get stuck because they feel like maybe uh, it's forever, ever, ever, and ever. And maybe God only had you there for a time and a season. Mm -hmm. But now your time and season is up and he want to bring you to another area, but you don't got stuck. So now you're not in purpose no more. You're in, you're in, you're in flesh because God do have a purpose for us. And yeah. if we're not in purpose, then we're not in his will. You know, you know what, what causes that? Lack of secession, lack of true fathering. Because of yeah. the fact they're trying, they're trying That's to they're trying to run it all instead of raising up sons and daughters. Yeah and having true secession because a lot of people think secession is their blood relatives. Mm -hmm. and so they're trying to pass off their, their spiritual inheritance to their natural family, mm -hmm. family members, which your spiritual inheritance is not yours to give. Mm -hmm. you have to seek God on who is to, yes. to take over your, your inheritance. If you think mm -hmm. about Moses and Joshua, Joshua was not his natural son. No, mm -mm. but he was a son. But he was a son. He mm -hmm. was a spiritual son who was raised up. Mm -hmm. Listen, if you look at when Joshua was ready to take these the, the Israelites over to um across the Jordan, if you listen, now Joshua came not as a shepherd like Moses did, he came as a warrior, he led as, as a warrior yes, and as not a, warrior. a shepherd. If you think about it, when you when you read it says that the same the same spirit. That so, I place on Moses, I'm placing yeah. on you now. Yes. This is spiritual birthing. See, that's what I'm saying. People don't understand kingdom. The kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. And he also was an intercessor. Is that John? people have to be birthed through the spirit? Mm -hmm. Spiritual yes. sons and daughters. 
people need to get out of seeing everything from the natural and come through the spirit and some of them you you're so busy trying to pass your your legacy off to your children to keep your business mm-hmm. going and keep your 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 money instead of god's money and god's inheritance um mm-hmm. going through his through his children you're trying so so much to try to pass it among your children a bunch of Saul's who was not a real father mm-hmm. because Saul was focused on trying to pass the kingdom mm-hmm. to his children, his natural children, when God had chosen him. Yes, had chose David. Mm-hmm. And God that's my whole prayer. And that's what I pray all the time that, that leaders actually be led by their spirit and not their own emotions and their their own things because if they are being led by the spirit then they hear from god and they move on what god said and not what they want done mm-hmm. yes and if you raise if leaders truly become true spiritual fathers and a lot of the time i understand that in a generation where there's a lack of fathers and lack of true spiritual fathers mm-hmm. some of them may not understand how to do this but if you do true spiritual parenting and you are raising up <laughs> sons and daughters in the faith who can come alongside of you and assist you the weight and the burden of all that you that you're having to carry will be evenly distributed so this way you're not over overburdened and you don't get burnt out moses it's just like what this is why Jer- you you're being like moses before the impartation of a father jethro but he told moses what you're doing is not good it's not good for you and it's not good for the people you're gonna run yourself crazy trying to do everything who and, was and be who, trying to be god to the people get, who was who was the um who was the priest during the time was it uh oh his name is on my list where he was trying to leave it to the sons and they were they wasn't right they was rebellious they was, you, was it was it Eli. Eli, it yeah. was Eli. and it was Samuel that God was calling mm-hmm. but he was trying to give it to the kids and it wasn't them they they were they was being rebellious and sinning and doing everything horrible yes and yes kind if you think about it too they had no love for the yes, people. They were and, so unkind. Yes, and Samuel was, he was just a young child at the time when God was calling him. But it's true because God is God is not really looking to say, oh, if I called you, Lisa, that don't mean that I called your children to take, to, to you know, replace you and what I called you for. It's who God has called. And it could be the person down the street around the corner that you seen one time, but you knew him, you know, you knew him in the neighborhood. And, and sometimes people don't think that that's true because if it's a, if it ain't my, my seed that's, you know, coming along and taking where God has, you know, saying, okay, now it's time for you to pass the torch. 
if it ain't your seed, then you think it ain't it ain't of God. But sometimes it, it may not never be your seed. It, you know what I'm saying? Because maybe he has something else for your seed to do, and that's not what he got for them to do. Right. So if you're not if you're not being led spiritually and asking God to really lead you to who He had, then sometimes we can get you know we can get over into you know carnalness or in the flesh because this is what we may believe or want but that's not who god said is who he wants or is calling it to be so we do have to be careful she was talking about that juanita Byron. she was talking about that and i was like wow she said because we're out of purpose you know you got to know your purpose. And sometimes, you know, God calls us for a season. And he might be saying, okay, your season is up. I need you here now. But you stuck because you don't got caught up into this, this, this mode of, uh, you know, I'm running this uh, or I'm the pastor here. But your time and season is up. And now you, you're not in the will of God no more. You're, Alicia you're, said Matthew 20, 28. Pull that up. Yeah. Yeah, I just pulled it up. So it's read yeah. just as the Son of Man came not to be waited on, but to serve and mm -hmm. to give his life as a ransom for many, the price paid to set them free. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Jesus himself. If Jesus himself, hallelujah, is saying, I didn't come to be served. Mm -mm, I came to being king. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and see, this is see, that's what I'm saying. People don't understand kingship. Kingship, kings lay their lives down for the people. See, look, look at here. We have we had two lineages of kings in the old testament. Paul um Saul's line, lineage, which was mm -hmm a kingly lineage and then you had david's lineage David. mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. now here you have a kingship uh, a king lineage in which the people chose yes. and then you had a king, kingdom lineage in which the father chose now yes. look at the heart of the two kings here mm -hmm. right because even when saul was out to kill david he would not touch it, the anointed because he said, even when he was out to kill him, he said, I would not, I would not. So that goes to show you his heart. He, even though Saul was in sin and, and, the, and he didn't even know that the anointing left him, but David knew that he would not touch him because God did call him at one time and he, and he for the call that was on his life even though God had to out of order yes. even though he was out of order and the spirit of yes. God left him now look at this here look at the heart posture of the, of the two kings now Saul when trouble when trouble came he disobeyed God to please the people mm -hmm. in order to save his own his own life and to save his own fame and his own reputation. Now, David, being out of order and in in in, in sin, mm -hmm. that play in disobeying God and disobeyed God and it caused a plague. He had a choice to choose whether or not for the people to be afflicted or him. 
Lord, let not these people be afflicted, but let it fall upon me and my house. Let me and my lineage, let me and my own flesh and blood suffer the consequences and preserve the people. Mm -hmm. Kings serve the people. But even when they sin, fear God. Even when he did sin, that that was one thing that, you know, David did a lot of, you know, he was rebellious a lot. But one thing I can say about David, David would fall on the Lord and say, look, I repent. I'm sorry. Yeah, but it was me. I was disobedient because he had the heart. Mm-hmm. He, he had a heart for God. And yes, and even when he did sin, he, he repented. He was quick to repent and ask God to forgive him. And he suffered whatever the consequences that came. But he was a he always was a man that sought after God's heart, even in his wrongness. And that's what made him such a great king. Because even when he was in the wrong and he knew he was wrong, he always sought God and asked for forgiveness. He he never ran. He always yielded and said, You know what? Yeah, it's me again. Yeah, I done did I done did it again, Lord. But God was and 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 even in, even now. Even now, that's what the blood of Christ has done for us. Because even in our wrong, because God, because Jesus did die and shed his blood to, 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 to allow us to be able to come before the Lord, even when we in sin, God, like he said, when you ask for that forgiveness and he forgive, and he forgive you, you repent. He said, I throw it in the sea of forgiveness and I don't remember it no more. As far as the east is from the west, I don't, I don't even remember it no more. Right. Because, but God, because of what Jesus has done for us. So we always have the opportunity to come and ask for forgiveness. And God will always be there to forgive us. Right. And throw it He don't ever come back and say, now, didn't you come last week with this sin? Did, oh, no. Did, I remember two weeks ago, you was here with the same old mess. No. He said he's taking the throat in the sea for unforgiveness, you know, forgiveness, uh, unforgiveness. I mean, forgetfulness, and he don't remember it no more. Yeah, I think people forget the prerequisite for forgiveness. You yourself must forgive others. See, a lot of believers don't even realize they have unanswered prayers Prayers fall to the ground, their worship fall to the ground because of the fact that they have unforgiveness in their hearts and they're thinking it's okay because I get blessings. Mm-hmm. But the Lord makes it rain on the just and the unjust. So mm-hmm. that means that you can be blessed. You can you can you can receive favor from God just because you're a child. So whether, you know, a, a parent, whether their child is behaving or not, they're not going to totally um, disregard their child and just let their child suffer. They will still be kind to their child here and there, but that does not mean that they're pleased with what their child is doing. Mm-hmm. That's the mercy and grace. Exactly. And people don't <laughs> realize too, the devil will bless you too. Mm-hmm. If you read in 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 the in in the Word of God, it says that the Lord sometimes allowed a lying spirit or a false spirit let people be given over 
to chase oh. after their own deceptions. Their own deceptions, yes. So the devil will bless you as long as he, he doesn't mind giving you what you want as long as it ultimately gets you away from God. So you can become out of order. Yeah, and disobedient. You're doing good and thinking you're doing the will of God and thinking that you're blessed because you're receiving good things. Mm -hmm. But God chastens. And anything right. the enemy gives you, it never lasts. It's always, a, it's always something that you're going to pay for that, and it never lasts. Right. I'm it's like, for a moment. Mm -hmm. people, people, people really need to evaluate their priorities. A lot of, a lot, especially in the body of Christ, a lot of leaders need to take time to do some self-deliverance and get some healing so that the love of God can be restored back into your heart so that you can stop being a Jezebel because there's a lot of leaders who are Jezebels. You're trying to control the people. You're trying to manipulate the people with gifts to, to get them to bow to you. And then some of you try to intimidate people. You're trying to lord over God's inheritance. Mm -hmm. And God is very jealous for his people. Mm -hmm. Very, very jealous for you, for his people. And I'm not saying this to, to judge anybody. I'm saying it to protect you from, from your own self. Because you can make yourself an enemy of God and still serve him. God is the only employer who will fire you and still let you work for free. You know, and people will think, oh, but look at these signs. Look at all the miracles I'm doing. Jesus said many will come to me saying, Lord, Lord, but we prophesy, meaning we taught we encourage people we rebuke people we 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 preach the word we taught and delivered messages in your name preachers and we cast out demons meaning we brought healing and deliverance for people we did it in your name but jesus says get from me Workers of iniquity, those who are chasing their own fame, those who are chasing their own, um, uh, for their own namesake, those who are trying to get um, a paycheck, those who are doing it not out of love for God, but have <laughs> lost their way. He said, get from me because you're not joint with me. Mm -hmm. She touched on that. He said, many become. We did things in your name, Lord. We did this in your name. She said, he said, mm -hmm. and I never knew you. Because anybody that did anything in my name, they would do all things in my name, not just things. You're not <laughs> submitted, you're not submitted to him. Yeah. You're not joined with him. You're not like a wife yeah. who her husband is. You're not mm -hmm. joined with him. You're not submitted to him. You are not, mm -hmm. you're not, you haven't come into agreement. You're not fellowshipping with him. You're not walking with him. It would be a sad crime to do all these things in the name of Jesus, only to get to heaven and be rejected because of your lack of relationship. Mm -hmm. And many will say, oh, 
I have a relationship with God. You're prideful because you don't want to be submitted. They should say Colossians 3.13. Colossians mm-hmm. 3.13. We have in church this morning. Hallelujah. It's the afternoon. Today. This afternoon. This morning. This morning. This morning to y'all. It's afternoon for us. It's in the afternoon. Afternoon this evening. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. What was that? Verse thirteen. Uh, she said three and thirteen. Yeah, three thirteen. Okay, and it reads as follows: <laughs> Be gentle and forbearing with one another, and if one has a difference a grievance or a complaint against another readily apart pardoning each other even as the lord has freely forgiven you so must you also forgive so right here be ready to pardon the person who you had the grievance with that's right mm-hmm. prefer one another prefer one another i would rather I would rather forgive your wrongdoing than to not have a relationship with you. You're more important to me than the thing that we're disagreeing about. You know, Clefo Dollar did a, um, he did a teaching on um, 1 Corinthians 13 about the love, the love book. And he was going about all that, like the symbols and, you know, the sound and, you know, and he was saying, because until the body of Christ come into the walk of love which is the perfect will of love the agape love because everything that we do everything that god does prophecy teaching healing everything fivefold gifts you know the working of miracles everything is operated through the love walk and until you fulfill the love walk or walk in the agape love then any of these things you're doing, if it's if it's not in a perfect love, then you sounding just like that. Bang, bang, clang, clang, like that's a bunch of noise. Because it's a it's the love walk that we have to learn to complete. Amen. And and because it's a it's unselfishness, it's you know, it's it's obedience, it's that it's everything operates through the love. Because God said perfect love casts out fear. So that means if you're walking, walking in perfect love, you have no fear, you have no doubt, you have no re- resistance. You 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 working in perfect love. That's what Jesus walked in. That's why yes. self-control, self-discipline. Yeah. Yes, and that's why in the garden, after he suffered and, and really was trying to not go to the cross. He finally said, but it's not my will, Father. It's your will that I am willing to do. So it was a perfect love. Only a perfect love could do that. I, sometimes I think about it. You know, I, don't, I never wanted to watch that picture, The Passion of Christ, because it, it's very mm. hard to watch. Yeah. It's, I, it's have, very, I have to pause it sometimes and just cry. Yeah, because we take it so lightly what he did. We just say, oh, he went to the cross. He, 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 they, they, he brought the stripes, but <laughs> couldn't nobody do that. Oh. Couldn't nobody take that punishment. We can't take it now. Cut yourself. Cut yourself right now and see what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we get offended when somebody 
talks about us. About us. Someone hurts our feelings. I mean, this I'm offended at you. I you I'm offended. And like, come on. And and when I look every time that picture come on, I, I you know what I say to myself? I said, Father, this is a this is really a hard pill to swallow. But I'm, t you know, and I'd be like, Lord, I used to run from this movie because it's hard to see, but to, and it makes me cry because I'd be like, really, nobody could pay that price but him. Mm -hmm. And we take it very lightly, the price he paid. We take it very lightly, the price he paid and the honor that is due unto him. And the praise and the glory. And 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 sometimes when I get in myself and I, you know, I'm sitting up here like, <clears throat> and who you think you are? You know, sometimes the Lord bring that across my mind. And I have to be like, who am I? You old wretched thing you are. Yeah. Sitting up here thinking you, who you think you are? You, you better come down the peg. Because you done got to the left, you know, because that that movie, even though it was just a movie, but and they can only make it as graphic, but <laughs> we really don't know the price. We really don't know that. And that's that cost. You and know that's the mm -hmm. Because of the fact there's so much hyper grace preach mm -hmm. that we make light, but... Mm -hmm. We do. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think about it, you know, we're always like, oh, that's just, that was just a little lie. Mm -hmm. you know, we like to make light our sin. Mm -hmm. And therefore, since we don't know the weight, the cost, the price of our sin, we can't value the price of his death. Mm. Yes. You know, I watched this guy who do who does surveys with people you know because you know we 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 like to see ourselves as a good person anybody you would go up to if you ask are you a good person most of the time would say yeah or i think i am mm -hmm. and then you ask them well have you lied before well we all lied you know to make it light <laughs> oh they'd be like oh just a little white lie oh, just nothing a little real lie. serious <laughs> Oh, have you stolen before? Oh, it was just a, like one little piece of candy when I was three. It was just a little, you know, we like to make light our sin. Mm -hmm. That's true. But, you know, you know, have you, have you ever murdered someone? Well, no, of course I have never done that. Well, have you been angry? Well, God, well, Jesus said that is just like murdering someone. Murdering someone. Mm -hmm. So yeah. just. Just based off of that, you just told me you are a lion thief. Oh, looking onto them, looking onto them. <laughs> a lion. Put it that way. I guess. A lying thief <laughs> murderer. Who, if you went before God and he viewed your case, he says all sin is worthy of the penalty of death. You're a lion thief and murdering self. Yes. Would be given the capital punishment, the death penalty, based on your crime. Yeah. Sin is sin. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's murder or a lie, it's all sin to him. 
And because God is a just God, he would have to allow you to go and die and pay the penalty of your death. But if someone else pays it for you, mm -hmm. he is able to release you. Mm -hmm. And the blood cries out daily. But I died for this. And I died for them. And it's because of That's right. Yes. And so if people really see their sins, their actions, and what they've done for what it really is, now it makes the value of what Christ did way more. Like, mm -hmm. like real talk, if I want to, all the stuff that I have done, I am worthy of the death penalty. <laughs> we all are. I'm worthy of the death penalty. If I know I don't want to do no flashback. Did not die. <laughs> it ain't even you. It's not even the things you've done, because we was born in sin. We already had the penalty on us, and that's the whole reason. Everybody think it's because oh we did this and we did that. It ain't even you didn't even start doing anything. Oh. It's because you was you are naturally born into sin that. That is the reason why Jesus came, because we we didn't have any entitlement because of what the first Adam did, but because Jesus came along and he took he took all what the first Adam did upon him. That's what makes it available for us to be able to come to the Father and say, "If you confess and accept my Son, who paid the price for everything that the first Adam did, that brought you yeah. into sin." and made you already a sinner before you even knew what sin was, if you would confess him and accept him, all of that is done away with, and now you are now my child again. So we don't, we don't even have to do nothing. We was just born already into it. Right. And I mean, you think about it. You don't got to teach children to lie and take nope. stuff. You don't have to teach them to do nothing. In their natural instinct. It's in they, we it's are in they, selfish. <laughs> yes we are mm -hmm. selfish in nature we will do anything that is self-pleasing and we will follow our impulses without the spirit of god bringing conviction and helping us to gain self self self-control and self-discipline but yes. it is the love of the father that helps us to overcome a lot of people like to put god as the bad guy well you know he, well, God just wants to send everybody to hell. No, you were already going. Yes. God is trying to prevent it. Bitch it, prevent it. Mm -hmm. Wrong mindset. They like to paint God as evil. Well, you know, well, God, just because people didn't want to listen to him, God just create, you know, committed world genocide and just murdered everybody because people didn't want to listen to him. No, people were disobedient. And they were mm. killing and murdering each other, trying to dominate righteous, good people were being dominated by people who wanted to control them, people who made allegiance with fallen angels who were bringing yeah. destruction and bloodbath and was pretty much eradicating the whole human race. The flood yes. was actually to preserve and protect the human race. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. These abominations. Mm -hmm. 
Them I'll fallen, the fallen angels, yeah. Mm -hmm. See, everything that the Lord has done for mankind has been from love and grace. We like to make it evil. We're like the children in the will, the, the children of Israelites in the wilderness. Oh, Lord, have you brought us out here to kill us? Oh, he set us up. He just wanted, he just brought us out here to kill us and make us all die. He's evil. He just wants us all to, he just wants to destroy us all. That's what we do to God. That's what we do to him. And everything he has done, even to the point of giving up his own son to preserve us, we make it evil. We make him evil. Truth be told, we are undeserving of his love. We unappreciate. He seeks fit for us to be deserving of it. Yes, 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 Lord. Lord Amen. Yeah, this was a good, good talk. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want to do that. We still have one spot. It ended up somewhere else, like always. It's always hey, like Aunt Angie, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it was a good talk and we'll be here again next month yeah. on the third Wednesday but you can see the replay this evening for those that miss it mm -hmm. at 5.30 yeah. anything you want to say Naija, before we hang out Lisa I'm ready to eat I haven't even eaten yet I, I, I don't see nothing <laughs> Let let right. let, you, let somebody you wanna, else. You want to pray? Boy, Lisa, you want to pray? Boy, me to pray? Yeah. Oh Lord, here I go running again. No, let me start. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I would say too, um, before you pray, just be led by the Spirit. By it, um, just um, anyone who has listened to this and. Um, it has brought some conviction um, and some repentance in your heart. Anyone who has walked away from Christ, anyone who um, did not know Christ for yourself, but upon hearing this um, is interested in knowing Jesus, um, please, you know, drop your name in the chat. We will reach out to you. Or um, inbox us or inbox us, we will reach out to you and connect with you. And she will walk you um, through um, salvation and a, and, a, and a prayer and a, and a cover you um, right now. So go ahead, Aunt Lisa. Father God, right now, we just wanna thank you for this time. You know, the woman conversation that we have is always so in power. It's really always in power. And Father, I just thank you for everything that has been said, eyes being open, ears being open, hearts being surrendered unto you, under, under the word of God that's been spoken out through all your children here today online. I thank you, Father, for each and every person who's online, Father, who comes in every time we gather together and give uh a part of the word and the enrichment and wisdom and knowledge that you've placed on their life. I thank you, Father, that you increase us in your wisdom and knowledge. I thank you, Father, that we yield our wills and our heart to be more sensitive 
to you and that we be more obedient to where you want to lead us and guide us and and in our daily walk in our personal life in our time with our family in our time on our job i ask you for every person who turn who tune into this that it may reach and talk and 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 comfort them in areas that it will minister unto them father and if those who are once was born again but they fallen short father i ask that they will yield themselves and come back and repent and just say father you know i i got caught up but i'm i'm back and i i, I want to come back in into the fellowship and i repent of where i've fallen short at and for those who may never have come into the fellowship that it will it will enrich their life and it will grab them to want to know you and want to receive you and want to know more of you father i thank you that your words will minister unto your people that you have been lifted up and will draw those unto you, Father, that need to be drawn, that are ready, that are willing, is calling and seeking and looking for you, Father. They're looking for you, their Father. They're looking for the, the God and the creator of the heaven and the earth, Father. And I thank you. I thank you each and every day, Father. I thank you so much for bringing us here to be able to just share our hearts and our experience father i thank you for the love among us i thank you for the connection that you bring to us father when we get together how we are so entwined with one another i thank you for each and every one their family i thank you for the covering i thank you for the ministry and warning engaging angels over our life I thank you for that hedge of protection. I thank you for wisdom and knowledge. And Father, your grace and ability to do the work that you call us to. I thank you and I give you the praise today, Father. And I magnify you for your glory and for your presence. I thank you, Father, that we are yielding and we are learning to go through whatever it is, the, the process, the time with you the closeness with you, Father, the purification with you, Father, the cutting off the flesh, Father. I thank you and I give you the glory and honor and praise. And I love each and every one of you. And I thank God for each and every one of you that's here today. In Jesus name, amen. Amen. See y'all next month. Yes. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> thank you everyone have a blessed day amen the rest of your day <laughs> okay